Hello and welcome to Criterion. Close up. <laughs> I'm always I'm always curious, Aaron, what uh, you're gonna do for close up. Like, are you gonna like you know, is it gonna be some kind of an accent? Are you gonna be um, doing some kind of character? And uh, sometimes I just I have no idea, and I just keep going. I just I just keep some, rolling. I have no idea sometimes until it happens, right. and uh, we just so happy. We were talking about Johnny Dangerously, and I was doing the Roman Maroney accent uh, uh, beforehand, uh, which I don't—it's not technically cussing. Uh, so Fargan, he says Fargan instead of you know what, right? Uh, but anyway, so that was like like a really bad attempt of channeling that accent <laughs> in a close-up. Nice. Uh, we'll we'll see how it worked. Right, right. Oh, nice, nice work. It's it's always uh, entertaining. Hope folks enjoy it. But uh, yeah, this is Criterion Close Up. I'm Mark Herney here with Aaron West. Good to talk to you again, Aaron. After a little little time off, short time off, a little break. So, but we've we've had stuff going on, which yeah. we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking uh, on on other other channels. But uh, yeah, so we will be talking today about the Howard Hawks film. Only Angels Have Wings from 1939, and uh, yeah, we have a few other little tidbits to share and some short takes. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's our, our plan. Looking forward I, to I it. I could have made a flying noise for uh, the intro. Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I Very think that sounded like a meow. Okay. <laughs> well, you do have cats, so. That's true. Uh, so we had a we had a giveaway and uh, we had some really nice entries and uh, it's probably time to uh, to give out the award, huh, Aaron? Yeah, I think we sat on this too long. I think people are going to get angry. <laughs> well, not too much, but uh, so yeah, we assembled uh, a few tweets and uh, the best way to look at these, you know, you don't want to just listen to us reading tweets. Uh, well, maybe you do. I don't know, uh, but. If you go to CriterionCloseUp.com and assuming it's the latest episode you're looking at, uh, you can see in the show notes, uh, you'll see the tweets embedded. So if you want to watch them along with us as we discuss them here. But the we're going to give this Hertzfeld set away uh, to the funniest tweet. Is that what we decided? Yes. Yep. Funniest tweet. Okay. So uh, you want to go first or shall I? Uh, so am I going to go th- look at these and, uh, or are we going to read them or, uh, just vote on them? Uh, well, I guess we could read them. Uh, they're, they're, they're not too many. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're probably short enough. So we've got, uh, Ron at punk Ron said, it hurts me that I haven't seen any of Don Hertzfeld's films. So, um, yeah. And, th- and that was the thing we should mention. The, uh, the contest was you had to tweet at us with hurts me. And of course hurts right. spelled with, uh, the way that Don Hertzfeld spells uh, his name. Yep. So, and uh, yeah, that's no, the first uh, one. no mistakes there. I, I guess Hertz is the easy part of his name. It's the felt that people have trouble with. Yeah. Uh, maybe net. Well, assuming there's a next time, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll mix mix it up. Uh, our good friend Dave, who's been on the show, uh, says it hurts me to say this, but I'm only just now listening to this episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> slacker. Uh, and he posted that. I, I didn't really date these, or I, these aren't in order, so I have no idea. I, I guess he posted it late, but of course, I think we announced it like three weeks ago. So right, yeah, been going for. A You're while. off the hook, Dave. Um, <laughs> So we had Nolan Tucker said, hurts me with an exclamation point. Great episode, guys. Enjoyed this new format. Uh, of course, you know, with, oh, with okay. positive feedback like that, maybe we should give it to, to Nolan. But anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll keep that, going. That, well, we did say funny. <laughs> and did. Nolan probably heard this before we uh, uh, before we uh, made that, that rule. And hey, True. thanks for the nice feedback. Yeah, uh, we appreciate it. 
<laughs> uh, Brad Guillory at Mr. Gill said, never hurts me. So, yeah. We won't. We promise not to, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, this one's good. I, I like uh, from Nick Lyman. Uh, it hurts me to see people scalp hard to find films online. I'd love a chance to experience such a beautiful day and more. So very nice. He has an image there too. Uh, oh, I'm sorry that that was the. I'm sorry that that was somebody else. Yeah, I'm with him. Um, the the thing is, uh, Don Hertzfeld is still selling these at Bitter Films. So the whole scalping thing might be might be fiction. He might just be selling it forever. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right, Corey Householder said, Will you please hurt me? Which may look ordinary, but he had an image of a uh, guy uh, with a spoon and a banana. Again, this is why you really should look at the visuals because <laughs> that right. doesn't do it justice. But, uh, you know, it's a cute image. Yeah, it's a tough part with the audio format. But, yeah, and it looks like a Hertzfeld image. So It might be. I, I don't know which one it's from. But. <laughs> Um, and if he drew it himself, then wow. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering. Nice Fred, stick figure. Fred Osuna said, uh, it hurts me to say, Criterion close-up, but your nearly obsolete podcasting format is an unfortunate byproduct of social media platform overload. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, he, he was getting a little meta on us. Nice. Um, yes, and it is... I don't know if it's, if the new one is nearly obsolete or the old one or yeah or are we on social media too much? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure yeah. what uh, what Fred was was going for there, but uh It's yeah. it, it's funny. I just don't get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's and I and I think he, he meant it in a in a funny chummy like uh Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, cutesy deprecating way, but uh Right. Right. Thanks, Fred. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Oh, my turn. I'm sorry. Uh, Rod Penaflor said, uh, please don't hurt me by not giving me that giveaway. Uh, and Hashtag Don Hurtsville. Parentheses, yeah. So, and then the last one. Yeah, Joshua Wilson, our friend there, uh, Criterion CU. It hurts me to think that you might not watch my son's hilarious cartoon with an embedded YouTube video. Very nice. Yeah, did, did you watch it? I'm going to watch it right now. I don't think I caught it before. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to talk for thirty seconds as you watch this video, and Perfect. and listeners go to the website and watch uh, this little video, and uh, it's very Hertzfeldy. It, it is. Yeah, I, I'm actually impressed. I I, I if, when when I saw the tweet, I assumed his son is like four, and I was right. waiting for uh, actual stick figures, but uh, it was pretty impressive. So he has my vote. Nice. Yeah, I you know that's. I'm with you, Aaron. I, I I like the visuals. I like the visual of the uh, the spoon and the banana. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we got a winner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, go go to Criterion Close Up if you want to see the YouTube, and and I'll we'll tweet it out too. Uh, it deserves it. Uh, so all right, congratulations, Joshua Wilson, who who uh, and I feel like we know all these people. I know, but, right? We we interact <laughs> on, online. Speaking of the social media, <laughs> these are our only nine listeners. Ouch! Oh no! No, a few more than that. Uh, all right, well, all right. Congrats, Josh. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, get in touch with you and we'll send you uh, this out, and and we'll do more of these. This was fun. Yeah, that yeah, was a good good time, for sure. 
So moving on, uh, we wanted to just share some of the uh, work that we've been doing. Uh, I mentioned we've been off for a week, but uh, we've still been podcasting, Aaron, and we've been talking, you and I, quite a bit just with uh, other people. So we, We've we been busy, yeah. Uh, yeah, and we took a little break from ours. Now, one of those was, uh, we already mentioned for Rivette, uh, Jacques Rivette, uh, so we and to prep for that, we had to watch. Uh, well, let's see, a thirteen-hour movie, <laughs> <laughs> longest uh, movie I've ever watched for sure. We we had notice. Uh, we had about a month or so. Mm-hmm. But still, it was yeah, it was it, it was still tough to to kind of schedule it. I, I found myself binging towards the end. And I wanted to watch some other Rivet films too. Like you know, I did catch Duel and with Paris Belongs to Us. I did catch mm-hmm. that. So, and I know you'd seen some some others. Um, you've a seen couple others, yeah. Nord, yeah. But, yeah. but I, I didn't uh, binge those. I, I did binge at one, uh, and that takes a lot of uh, a lot out of your out of your prep time. So I, I think we took a week off, and then I think we actually had to take another week off because we were just immersed in uh, Rivet for a while. Yeah. But that that's in the can. I think we had a good discussion. Um, yeah, good time. Not, I'm I'm not sure if this will be out before that or or you know. We're actually going to talk about three casts, and I'm not sure which will be out first. So, right, we'll, <laughs> you'll see. We will see. Yeah, they're 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 in the can. The one that is out uh, so, uh, currently is the newsstand. So that's one we right. we joined uh, Ryan uh, last week to talk about the film struck because we hadn't really on uh, Criterion cast gotten together. He had talked about a, a little bit on off the shelf. We also talked about the Cat People um, newsletter clue and uh, Usme Sambene. Uh, a bit, a few other you know, little topics. Of course, spent most of our time on Filmstruck. <laughs> so we did talk a lot of Filmstruck. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I re-listened. Well, re-listened. I listened to it today, uh, and I, I, yeah, I think we did all right. Um, and, and this was our first time as you know, just you and I talking to Ryan uh, for, about Criterion stuff, which was kind of neat. I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Thought, he, although he did call us the Criterion uh, close-up boys, so instead of men, but that's okay, Ryan. We'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> boys to men i don't know <laughs> next next show maybe we'll uh, grow up yep, yep. Uh, or maybe maybe we had to uh, show, uh, prove our metal um right and, uh, and so now we're men criterion men, men. Uh, and uh yeah the last show was uh well it's ac- this one's upcoming just like you said we're going to be talking uh, again uh this week we'll be talking on criterion cast chronicles i th- believe it's episode three talking about the mm-hmm. april titles so looking forward to that yeah, and I I think the order will probably be Rivet will be probably be up first, and then our episode, and then Chronicles is my guess, and they're all on the Criterion Cast Master Feed, so go check it out. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm talking about the Lincoln films on Wednesday, Wednesday night. The Kennedy films. Yeah, did I say Lincoln? <laughs> it's another it's another important president, but yeah. Sure, yeah, he's on he's on currency at least. Uh, Kennedy isn't, but they're both assassinated. There's that. Uh, he he did show uh, up. Uh, Lincoln did show up in the films, if I remember too. The you know the the statue. So you know you're covered. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll be talking about those. And what are you talking about? I have uh, Barcelona. So with the uh, you know the the box set of sorts coming out. And of course, Barcelona being the third in the Whitman, uh, Whit Stillman <laughs> trilogy, uh, coming Walt out. Whitman, yeah. That's right. we're, we're just going back. He's we a, can't, he's a great filmmaker. <laughs> oh, I loved him in Breaking Bad. You haven't watched that. I'm sorry. I, I've uh, seen, I've seen Breaking Bad. Good show. And then, uh, Oh, good. Good. And then, uh, on the heels of all this, we have one more show coming up, uh, 
with uh, our next show will be uh, the Manchurian Manchurian candidate. candidate. Yeah, and we're gonna be we're gonna have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all podcasted out. Uh, I'm sure we can get up for it. We'll I'll do some calisthenics and uh, maybe you know uh, funnel a beer or something. I'll be all set. Be ready to go. Yeah, we we can get up for it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So yeah, so lots of content to uh, to look forward to. So definitely, like and, you said, check out the Criterion Cast feed. And probably a, a little bit of a break after that. Well, I'm I'm going on vacation or going out of town. So Memorial Day weekend, I think we'll take a break. Cool. So you had a, a nice little uh, purchase, Aaron. Tell us about your your recent electronics purchase. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I didn't tell you this story because I, I wanted to tell it to you here. But we bought a new region free player, and uh, this time we bought a true region free player. And actually, I'm going to look up the name of the company. Uh, I, I previously had a region B player, and and that worked out for me. The, the only thing is I have this uh, Film Geek Man Cave, which I'm in right now, and I, I think you've seen some pictures, and, well, you've, you see the see stack behind you. <laughs> criterion, some posters. Uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll put some, some pictures online of it. Uh, it's still in, in, in process. But that Region B player didn't work with my upstairs TV. And, in fact, and I don't know why, it, it, it just wouldn't wouldn't agree with it and, and that's the bigger tv it's the nicer one uh and actually we can thank our, our good buddy jacques rivette because i had to watch that downstairs and uh well actually most of it the player arrived towards the very end um and and i just you know spending 13 hours on a smaller tv uh just prompt, prompted me to uh, make a purchase nice so any, anyway I'll, I'll keep it down there but i i this time i bought an actual region free um, and I don't know, I, I hadn't seen many people go down this route before either, but what I did is there's a, a company on Amazon, and, and I have no affiliation, there's no affiliate link here, hmm. um, but what they do is, is they kind of specialize in these, and what they take uh, existing players, uh, in, in fact, the um, the region free, free player is was the same exact version, Sony version, as my regular player. Um, That's cool. It is, yeah. It, it was only about a hundred bucks more expensive uh, because what what they do is they go inside it and they modify it, and they make it to where you can press uh, your buttons. You press one button for A, one button for B, one button for C, and it's so easy. It's, That's cool. Uh, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm loving it actually. Uh, the name of the company is. <laughs> Two twenty electronics. Oh yeah, yeah. They have a a, a website. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. Okay. I know maybe... of them, and uh, Bombay Electronics is another one that's known. I I can't remember which one I bought mine from, but one or the other. They're they're two of the the well known. Um, they have their website. Of course, they sell on eBay and uh, Amazon. And yeah, like you said, they they do the the modifications, and they're a little more expensive because you pay for the. You know the the labor of of what they do instead of your. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go on YouTube and try to do it yourself, but I think it's worth spending the money, for sure. And one reason I did I went with Region B to begin with is I just didn't want to mess with uh, going into firmware and messing up a player. Yeah. Uh, and I actually I I wasn't as familiar with 220 Electronics, and now in hindsight, I uh, it was actually a different company that shipped it to me, but I, I think it was uh, the player was 220 Electronics. Okay. Um, but yeah, I love it. Would recommend it. Go buy one. 
Nice. Yeah, definitely worth worth having. So that's cool with it, the changing too, because I, I think my um, – I haven't even gone into kind of how the setup is, but the way I have mine currently is um, my, my player is an oppo, and it plays all region DVDs. And then with the Blu-ray player, uh, I have it set to region B, and I only use it for region B. And then if I want to play region A, I just put it on the other – you know, the I've got a PlayStation 3. So I don't oh, cool. even mess around with the uh, the, the changing, but I, I know some players are harder to change. Uh, it's kind of a pain. Some, so my old some one are, yeah, yeah. I found that the only time I can't change is when I'm in the middle of playing a disc. Oh, or, yeah. or, or no, I no, I actually probably even that would work because I don't think that I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm playing it. Uh, only angels have wings right now. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it does nothing. So I, I, I don't. I guess I'll let you guys know later if the next DVD uh, gets a region error. But um, actually, not, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It was the the name of the company I bought it from was Multi System Electronics, but it was oh, a tw- okay. 220 Electronics player. So I maybe they're the same company. I have no uh, idea. Okay, cool. Maybe a, a and you bought it on Amazon. I did. Said, yes. Yeah, maybe it's an Amazon seller or something. Very cool. Might be. Yeah, I recommend everybody. Uh, you just. I mean, we talk about Criterion, but. It's like a whole new world when you yeah. open yourself uh, uh, to Region B. A lot of good stuff out there. So yeah, it it, it does hurt your wallet a little bit because you want to buy those things, but it's it's worth it. I we, we've both uh, made the plunge, and I, we're definitely <laughs> both happy we did. It hurts your wallet because you get to buy those things, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the well. way to to think about. It. Well, and you know, we wouldn't have the Rivet set that the Arrow set that we watched. You know, we would have bought the. Carlotta one, and you know I really like this this Rivet set we got. So yeah, it it Me opens too, up yeah. your world for sure. And we did have one person on on the, that episode that had the Carlotta set, and uh, and and you know I'm I'm sure it's fine for him, but uh, yeah, I I just I'm I was reinforced that we made the right call in, in right. getting the uh, the Arrow set. So yeah, very nice. So, should we get into some short takes uh, before we get into uh, Only Angels Have Wings? We've been doing some watching, and uh, Aaron, I know you've been doing a little more watching than I have as, as usual, but, you know, so be curious to see what you're going to uh, throw out there. I'll turn it to you first. What'd you, what, uh, what's your first short take? Well, I saw a ton because I got sick, <laughs> and I got bad sick. Like, I took two days off work, and I still actually have the remnants. I, I don't know if it'll, uh, if it'll come through on the show. So I watched like just a, a, a boatload of movies. Uh, awesome. So it's actually it was really tough to narrow it down because I watched some great stuff. Um, but I'll actually start with one I saw before I got sick. I actually saw it in the theaters, and it was uh, Everybody Wants Some, which is the spiritual sequel to Days and Confused, uh, Richard yeah. Linklater. Uh, very possible criterion someday. I maybe maybe probable. I, I don't know, but it seems mm. to be uh, he he seems to be another. Wes Anderson uh, and Bombac seems to be as well. Yeah. And uh, have you seen it? I haven't yet. No, I wanted to take my wife on a date night, just haven't been able to yet. I don't know if, uh, I mean, it depends on your wife. Uh, it's it's very frat boyish. Uh, you know, I mean, if you've seen Days Confused, that's high school, this is college. Right. But it's, you know, they're they're all, you know, they the title, Everybody Wants Some, Everybody want they they want you know what some <laughs> some that's all that their motivation is just the opposite sex yeah uh, and it's it's very lewd if you're easily offended you know I, I I mean it's not like trust me it's not like the movies we talked about on the gross out episode <laughs> right but um 
but it's lewd. some some infantile humor, toilet humor, a little bit. Uh, hmm. It's good. I I enjoyed it. It's entertaining for sure. Uh, it's it's tough to not compare it to Days and Confused, which I think is just tremendously better than not just this movie, but a lot of movies. I, I'm just a huge fan of that movie. Uh, you know, it's one of the most quotable movies as well. This one, I don't think will, will be, uh, mm, okay. I think I ended up giving it a seven and a half or a seven, you know, out of 10, which is, is good. Uh, yeah, that's solid. You know, good. I mean, it means it's still a good link later film, just not one of his mm-hmm. best. And, but the thing with days and confused is it's, has gotten better with age. Mm. So this one, who knows, you know, it's seventies or kind of seventies, eighties, that transition. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I wanted to bring my wife. She's a child of the eighties and likes eighties movies. So that's, it seemed like one take taking place in the eighties that she would like. So we'll get there eventually. So my first one is uh, the, I got to watch the documentary Amy. This was from last year, uh, 2015. If I remember right, it won the um, Oscar for Best Documentary. And uh, yeah, we checked it out yep. on um, Prime. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I, I should remember because I, I do think, I mean, The Look of Silence is still a better doc. But anyway. That's why I remember. <laughs> uh, but... Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the story of Amy Winehouse, if folks don't know, uh, and it's just says in her own words, uh, featuring unseen archival footage and unheard tracks. And uh, yeah, we this is another you know, kind of date movie for my wife and I. She likes true stories, and I I wanted to hear more about Amy. I didn't know much about her at all, frankly. I just she was kind of part of the music scene that had just kind of passed me by uh, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And uh, this is a, it's, it's really good. Um, I, some of the, I mean, it's really a self-documented destruction <laughs> in this film. And uh, there's, there's some scenes that actually brought, brought me back to Criterion Films, Aaron, with like, you know, there's a scene where she's high, either high or coming down on stage, reminded me of The Rose, you know, with Bette Midler. Oh, um, definitely. You know, that kind of scene. And then you know, she has a kind of Sid and Nancy relationship with, I can't remember his name, but her beau at the time who had, you know, introduced her to drugs. Um, so out of print from Criterion. So, you know, I just was kind of in a Criterion frame of mind watching those. And it's, it really gives you some nice uh, access to some behind the scenes, like the duet that she did with uh, Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty late, but, uh, yeah. And I, I really, t- one thing I really took away from this, I think is, you know, from a theme is it seemed like people, um, it was almost like, I, I guess I was asking, do people really know Amy? Um, it just felt like people made a lot of assumptions and, you know, the story was told with some by other people and this archival footage, but, um, you know, it just, she seems like kind of a distant person, almost unknowable. And so I just wonder, mm-hmm. you kind of get that feeling throughout the movie that she had a lot of, um, you know, per- and she did have some uh, difficult times when she was uh, growing up, but some kind of personal demons that she was dealing with. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a tough film, but uh, a good film. And uh, I'd like to see more by, uh, I believe it's uh, Asif uh, Kapadia. I haven't seen anything else um, from Asif, so good good film me neither actually and of course we just lost prince so it makes and it appears that and we're still waiting for toxicology who knows but it certainly looks like he had his demons as well that we didn't yeah. know about yeah claim uh, that and claim that he didn't but it appears he might have so we'll see yeah we'll find out uh it's unfortunately tough. 
I, I did like Amy as well, but uh, my my one issue with it was that, you know, she was such a tabloid, and really the tabloids kind of brought her down. That was sort of her downfall, is just she didn't want all that attention. Sure. And in the mo- movie, they used a lot of tabloid footage. So mm. I, I kind of, I don't I mean, it made for a better movie, but I, I kind of think that, you know, if she were around, you know, and could pick and choose what scenes to include she probably would say no none of these right uh, th- these guys were were fargan ice holes right it's <laughs> <laughs> the word of the the podcast fargan for sure <laughs> yeah nice so what's your what's your second well my second i went to in the theaters again uh it's nice to to do this every now and then yeah. and i actually i was sick and didn't i this was the evening before my two days off work i actually be the same evening we taped the newsstand i had no idea how sick i was but uh, I saw Blue Velvet, the uh, the 30th anniversary, nice. which uh, would be sweet if it came out on Criterion. I, I haven't, mm. you know, I, I there have been some rumors, you know, I think more optimistic that or uh, hopeful maybe that it uh, it'll come out. Uh, we know there's some Lynch coming out some some point, but we don't know what or when. Uh, maybe this, maybe not. There is a DVD or a Blu-ray out already, right? There is, yeah, from the the studio. It's still in print, I believe. So, it, but it, you know, it's the 25th anniversary. So maybe is there a you know a, a, a five year you know limit on that, or you know who knows? We'll see. Find out. Yeah, uh, I I I hadn't seen this in a while, but I love it, and I had probably seen it on either an old DVD or VHS, and mm. the last time, and it's it was really something to watch it both in the theaters, just because it's such a, a beautiful movie. Uh, I mean, beautiful is in you know <laughs> photographed right <laughs> there's cinematography. Some, <laughs> there's some darkness in the content for sure. Uh, gas mask. Uh, but what was really cool about it was watching it with a sold out crowd and you know this is this is something you would not get if you watched it in 1980 86 yeah of course 30 years 86 uh because probably people were are probably just figuring it out that david lynch was not as known uh you know he didn't have the cult he did have a cult following but not like today right whereas we're, we're watching the movie and just these awkward clunky, clunky Lynchian lines that uh, Kyle MacLachlan would give or, or Laura Dern, the audience would just bust out laughing. <laughs> and I, and I love that. And I laugh That's right great. with them. Yeah. But then when uh, Dennis Hopper would be on screen, uh, screaming and cursing and doing his gas mask, you know, that's so over the top that it's almost comical, but silence. It was silent. Really nice. <laughs> yes, that's good. Uh, Paps Blue uh, Ribbon, nice. Yeah, yeah. Heineken PBR. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going Heineken in, in that war. Sorry. Yeah, uh, don't, me don't too. Kill me. Don't kill me, Frank Booth. Yeah. Uh, great experience. Uh, if I, I don't know how the restoration compares to the 25th, but if you can see it, if it comes out in some way, shape, or form, uh, especially theatrical, go see it. Uh, nice. A lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, and, I thought and the I, the Blu-ray was solid, but it it felt like it still had some room for imp- improvement. So it's a, I think it's a ABC codec. It, yeah, it it really good Blu-ray, but could be even better. So I would love to see Criterion do it. And I I don't know if it's this was a 4K scan. Uh, it may be. It looked impeccable on screen though. So yeah. Oh, and I, and I, I, it's one of my favorite lunches. It's up there with Mulholland Drive, uh, so I, I give it a ten. And nice. I know I don't give those often, so nice. Yeah, the, it's between those that those two films for me for Lynch. I can't pick; <laughs> they're just right. both great. 
So, well, the second movie I wanted to just briefly talk about was Chimes at Midnight. Uh, I think I'd mentioned this on the show before that I was going to see this and uh, had a a really good time with this. Um, There was the next film actually preceded it. So it was a double feature for the Burlington Film Society, the local film society that we we show. And uh, yeah, this was an interesting kind of uh, story that in, in showing this, I got to do the intro, which was nice. I really tried to keep it uh, short, <laughs> but it was fun to, you know, I mentioned the the cinematography and just talked briefly about Wells, how you know, he said that this is really his uh, favorite film of his, or really he's not his favorite, but he said, if I wanted to get into, into heaven on the basis of one movie, that's the one I would offer up because to me, it's the hmm. least flawed so, which of course sounds like a, a filmmaker saying, you know, it's his least flawed, not necessarily his favorite. Right. So, right. but that, uh, yeah. that sounds very Wellsish. <laughs> yes. So it, it, yeah, it was a really good uh, uh, time. I actually had the pleasure of sitting behind. Well, I'll, I'll lead into the story briefly. There was a, a English professor. They did uh, an outreach to have a, a bunch of. Um, you know, the local professors, English professors, and one actually did buy 60 tickets. So it was a sold-out screening, which doesn't happen, or close to it, I shouldn't say say sold out, but close to it, which doesn't happen often there. And so there were a lot of students, and I was sitting behind um, a group of, uh, there were four students in front of me, and one of them was, you know, checking her phone to see what time it was every 10 minutes. And at one point, turning to her side. I don't know if she was falling asleep or whatever, but, you know, but there were others that there was one, um, the, the young woman right next to her, I don't think she moved. So, you know, there was, there was some, you know, some good reactions, a lot of, a lot of laughter at the right points in the film. So I oh, think good. people were, That's what I'm... yeah, engaged. Yeah. I would, I, I, as much as I respect that film, I, I, I would kind of get that, especially from a 20 something, uh, you know, it's black and white, it's Shakespeare. It's, is this funny? I, what is this? Uh, right. Uh, right. It's to, you know, I, that B word boring. <laughs> <laughs> boring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get, it. I, I'm hoping that we'll, I, there's going to be announcements soon. I'm hoping that chimes will be there. Uh, but yeah, I, we, there's been a lot of buzz, and now you've seen it uh, on this this print, so I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing it too. Although I'm, ours played for a week, I didn't go, and it played just in the rotation. Apparently, it didn't do well in, in yeah. our theater. Uh, so, and I I have can't really point any fingers since I didn't go. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, I'll I'll wait for DVD. I I think on that one though, just from experience, you really need subtitles. Yeah, I and it's just two two viewings for me because I watched the screener first and then I this on the big screen. You really do need subtitles. Uh, I I will say that uh, the the big screen version was much better. I could tell. Well, I shouldn't say much better, but I really noticed the clarity and the inky blacks, and it really looked nice that much better than it did on, you know, a Vimeo screener on my TV. So I, folks have something to look forward to, and I, I understand it. it is going to be, uh, they're still working on uh, restoring it further. So that's what makes me keep thinking maybe it's going to, um, may not come out right away uh, or, you know, possibly later this year. We'll, we'll see, but yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, chimes at midnight. Uh, very, very good stuff. So, any others, Aaron? Uh, Son of Saul, which we had, have talked about probably a lot on this podcast, as one of those. You know, it won the Oscar. It won a can. Won a can. Was buzzed. You know, I, I think we speculated whether it was going to be a Criterion. Mm. Uh, 
wasn't, uh, but I, I finally got to see it. Uh, have you seen it yet? I have not. Very high on the list for okay. you know for what it is. <laughs> see it? It's it's difficult. Um, yeah. And my my wife didn't like it too much, uh, uh, but I I got into it. It's it, the way it's shot, and I really appreciated how it's shot. Now it doesn't. There's not a lot of exposition. You're not going to get you know voiceover saying where they're at. Uh, you know, I, you can tell where they're at. They're in something like Auschwitz. So it's you know not a pleasant theme uh, movie, but it's it's also very uh, very tight knit, almost claustrophobic the way it's shot. You know, it's mm. kind of like right over your shoulder, and uh, and you really see things from this one guy's perspective. A lot of close ups, a lot of extreme close ups. Uh, but I actually kind of liked that. I, I liked just how um, how you you know how immersed you were into that his experience. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, however difficult that experience, it was just very well done. It actually wasn't quite as harrowing as I th- as I expected, but maybe that's because I've seen Shoah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you have you seen Shoah? I haven't. No. Okay. You, someday. <laughs> that's another you know long movie, but uh, that's a movie. And now that gets into the mechanics and the logistics and the process of the mm-hmm. Holocaust, and that that's a very very difficult movie. So that. And, and, and that has people talking, people like the characters in this movie, uh, talking about their experiences and, and reliving them and, and you know, trying really trying to process the the horror, really. Whereas this time it's more, it's almost like a, like a, a well, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but like a, well, actually like a, everybody wants some. <laughs> you really <laughs> can't. salt, everyone wants some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just uh really like a short period of time that you experience in oh, somebody's yeah. life uh mm-hmm. and now of course and I, i'm not at all comparing the holocaust to subject Brad matter a little different yeah. i'm just talking about <laughs> the immersive the format of just a, a day in the life kind of thing sure or, or like d- days and confused a day in the life so uh very good i gave it an eight uh i think i i haven't seen all of the oscar movies but i'm okay with it winning I'll have to. Uh, I know you've seen Embrace of the Serpent. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to see Mustang. So uh, I forget what else yeah, was. That's another good one. Yeah, those. I think those are the two ones that I've seen. Both both excellent. So good good crop of uh, foreign films this year. Yeah, yeah. So and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I saw a ton of stuff. So, but anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Nice. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll I'll cover some a, more there. Yeah. Uh, maybe a speed round at the end. Yeah. Well, the the one the other one I just wanted to mention, and this isn't one that uh, anyone on this podcast will probably ever see because it's called a Vermont Romance. This was a, a Vermont Romance is a 1916 film. It was the uh, first Vermont film ever shown, and just the, the only reason I really wanted to share it is because it was um, it, it's a recent undertaking. There's a group in Vermont, the Vermont Movie Archive Project. You know, Vermont's a small state, the least populated state in the country, and it's not very well known for its, um, you know, film culture and, and cinema history. But, you know, it's really nice to see them kind of undertaking it. And it just made me think of, you know, maybe other listeners uh, have such a undertaking um, ongoing because they're going to be uh, really, this was the first restoration and the looking to restore so that they don't get lost a lot of uh, old Vermont films. So it's a, a really worthy project. I purchased the Blu-ray to, you know, to support them as I want to do buying Blu-rays. Was, what and, was it called again? Uh, a Vermont Romance. 
Uh, Vermont Romance. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1916. Uh, I, I yeah. You've had one of those. <laughs> I have. At, at least. That it's, I, I, it's ongoing. <laughs> congrats. <laughs> this movie does not end. Yeah, it's it's only it's only thirty five uh, minutes. It's like three reels, and uh, it was nice. It featured a new music score uh, by someone that just you know sat locally and uh, played the the piano. So you know the film was fine. It was kind of interesting uh, for for what it was. And like I said, I I bought the Blu Ray, but a nice you know nice reception. And so it's it's just one of those things. I hope people can kind of. Um, you know, maybe they have something like this that would happen locally. Uh, other groups where they live that would undertake something like this. And um, you know, I of course love the live music, so I just wanted to plug that too. I know there's other groups out there. I've seen Nosferatu, uh, the Andrew Alden Ensemble tours that film, the Murnau film. So you can, you know, there are ways to see silent films uh, with uh, live music. So I definitely recommend it. Very cool. Yeah. I saw Caligari once with a uh, or Caligari with a, a, a rock band, which was a lot oh, of fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you, um, and, yeah, and also I, I'd say just support your local cinema um, in general, just because that's you know that that's good for you. They get support them whether it's donating or attending. Yeah, uh, yep, just go see the movies. Yep, they'll get more stuff. So yay, right. local film. Exactly. That was the other Our, one. Doctor uh, Caligari was the other one that uh, that. Uh, Alden Ensemble had done so they kind of they cool. tour that around so good oh, stuff. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do a speed round because I saw so many gosh darn Fargo Nice Hole movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just going to be really quick. Uh, Profound Desires of the Gods, Shohei Imamura, almost oh, a three-hour, nice. uh, gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Uh, nice. The, the Great Silence, which is a spaghetti western, was uh, influenced The Hateful Eight. Uh, one of the most, well, I'm, I'm not going to say. Quite an ending, uh, mm. and, and and I can understand why Tarantino loved this movie. Uh, Cutter's Way, which our, our good friend Brian Sauer uh, recommended, yeah, also very good. Time. I watched watched the Twilight Time, uh, good transfer. I didn't watch the commentary, but uh, uh, let's see, the Magician Bergman. Oh, nice little little Bergman kick for you. I like it. Little Bergman, yeah. Uh, well. I'm doing these eight lists, and he just happens to have <laughs> been productive in the a, eight. A few years. in the eights, yeah. Uh, and nice. concussion, which was uh, which we saw last night, uh, one of the last of the Oscar films. Not so good. Uh, interesting mm. subject, but poor execution. Uh, not a very good performance, in my opinion, at least. Nice, nice, cool, nice, uh, nice speed round. Some some stuff there. I want to see the. Uh, um, there was one there. What was the the hateful eight one i just uh forgot it that went right to my top of my list of the one i want to watch with my movie group um so yeah so yeah i i saw a whole bunch of movies too many and you can go to my letterbox if you want to want to see what else i saw there's probably twice maybe three times that in the last couple of weeks nice so. nice to it's a good you know if you're going to be sick at least you know you can enjoy your time doing something you want to do yeah, you know, being sick and being a cinephile actually kind of go all right. You know, I I, I never want to be sick, but you know, right? Never asked for it, but <laughs> right. But I'll take it. Nice. So uh, yeah, should we uh, transition into only angels have wings? film 1939 um so yeah it's uh 
starring Cary Grant, Gene Arthur, uh, Rita Hayworth, Thomas Mitchell, Ellen Jocelyn, and the guy who I cannot pronounce his last name very well, uh, Richard Barth Barthmus, <laughs> who played yes. McPherson. Uh, yeah, so and uh, directed by Howard Hawks, um, written by Jules Firthman. So this was a kind of a mainstay for Hawks. Uh, he also did The Big Sleep, Rio Bravo, To Have and Have Not. He's covered in the supplements a bit. And uh, Joseph Walker was the other one I really noted because he was uh, Oscar nominated for cinematography here. He also did It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, His Girl Friday, It Happens One Night, just lots mm. of great films really from this kind of era. So, um, yeah, and, um, you know, I, I guess I should mention the really what the film is about, um, crackling dialogue and visual craftsmanship of the great Howard Hawks. Um, so it's Gene Arthur as a traveling entertainer who gets more than she bargained for um, during a stopover in South America in a South American port town. She meets the handsome and aloof daredevil pilot played by none other than Cary Grant, who runs an airmail company. So, and uh, lots of airplanes in this film. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think of uh, Only Angels Have Wings, Aaron? I, I thought it was something. I and of course, Hawks uh, is is if you've seen a lot of Hawks films, he is all over the radar as far as genre and subject. Uh, now he did have a few flying films, and I think we'll get into that when we talk about the supplements a little bit. But he he had just done Bringing Up Baby, which is a screwball comedy, and he'd also done Twentieth Century, which is another. And you mentioned a couple other uh, genre different genre films. He he did Red River, which is also on Criterion. Right. Uh, so he's really uh, I I think as far as one of the the classic auteurs, he's really one of the most versatile, you know, maybe, maybe him, maybe William Wyler. No, I think really Hawks is, takes the cake. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and, and very consistent too. Uh, even though he's, he's a very masculine filmmaker, but he, he spins a good yarn, uh, tells a good story, uh, creates suspense, uh, and actually, and is great with comedy. I, I'd say his yeah. screwball comedies are, are right up there with, uh, with everybody else, uh, or with with the best of them, yeah. Uh, this this is a flying movie, and he had done a few others or a couple others, and he had uh, himself flown in the uh, the Air Force or during uh, World War One. So, and and you can tell at least with this that he does have a, a affinity for it, an attunement for for flying. Kind of does capture uh, the movie or the the practice, the the danger really. Uh, so I I found this movie scary at times. Mm. Uh, did Did you? Yeah, that's a good good way to put it. I I didn't really think of scary, but I boy, yeah, I really felt for the the people on screen. And you know, there's a, a lot of uh, use of miniatures. Sometimes I swear, Aaron, I didn't realize it was miniatures until after. I think sometimes with the landing scenes you can see it, but some of them I I was like, boy, is that a is that you know, are we in a plane, someone filming him from a plane because the camera's kind of moving quite a bit. That felt dangerous and you know, there's there's scenes where the um, you know, the, the 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 plane just feels like it's going to run into the side of the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but it doesn't. I just think of that extended there's an extended take where he's really flying through the you know, through the the pass there, so yeah, it's oh yeah. There's the one scene where he drops and while he drops down the mountain, yeah, uh, and free free falls and flies through there. I, I of course we should say that we are going to spoil this a little bit. So if you uh, haven't seen this 
and don't want to listen to us yabber about uh, uh, some plot points. Well, actually, there I don't know if you consider it a spoiler, but uh, near the beginning, there's a, a dangerous flight. Actually, the first dangerous flight with Joe, mm. uh, who we we start we get to know through uh, his uh, flirting with Gene Arthur's character, and uh, and and they use both flight and they use uh, radar, uh, you know, communications on the ground, and they create a lot of suspense just yeah. by the the banter back and forth, you know, yeah. just the elevation. Um, and, you know, we know how that scene turned out. So that's, um, yeah, a pretty dark movie, but but also exhilarating. You know, yeah. you kind of, you, you get the you get the idea why, even though the movie came out far later, one, one movie I came kept coming back to was The Right Stuff. Hmm, I didn't think about it. It's been a while since I've seen that, yeah. Well, that's also, you know, very masculine. It's about just the what the grit you need as a human being to be able to to do this sort of thing. And of course, like, you know, that was a movie 50 years later and it was about a time period, you know, maybe 20, 30 years later mm-hmm. with Jaeger and the astronauts. Uh but but yeah, these guys, I you could say the right stuff, just that that ideal applied to them too, you know, it, it's whoever had it was the one who lived uh, kind of like a Darwinist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Survival of the fittest. Yeah. Uh, occupation that, uh, it, but people loved it, had a passion for it, and would risk their lives. Uh, so, yeah, I think Hawks really captured it very well. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. You, you alluded to it, too. I mean, he really captures uh, the masculine um, and, you know, the relationship between men, um, you know, in this film. I, I was really caught up with a lot of that and some of it comes through in the supplements but how you know he was an, an airman in world war one and there's a, a lot of references back to even um you know i, I think kind of that military uh, relationship that uh, people had in, at this time where they you know they're going to do the job they're going to they're going to get it done and you know they're just their drive to live to see another day, but they also, you know, support each other in that, you know, mm-hmm. each one of them will, will do the job when it needs to be done. And there's even, you know, you alluded to the accidents that happen and you even have the, you know, kind of those somber scenes where you see the, the effects of uh, someone that's left and, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of sharing, you know, it just reminds of like uh, dog tags uh, that uh, a military sure. person might have. Yeah. So yeah, just a, similar kind of uh, relationship. And you have to think of the time period, too. This was 1939, right yep. on the eve of World War II. And, and even though Hawks and, you know, Hawks, you know, was involved with the war effort or the, um, he, didn't he go, yeah, he did, uh, he was one of the, the, the six that went uh, and worked with the war, war team, right? Yes, yes, I believe so, if I remember. But, uh, but again, uh, I, I also thought of, uh, a couple of French films, uh, Wages of Fear. That's, yeah, one. I had that in my notes too. You couldn't, I mean, without uh, the, you know, the, of course, the, the dangerousness of it. And of course, we have nitroglycerin in an airplane. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, I, we're talking about movies that came after it, which I think speaks to the, you know, the importance of this movie, uh, yep. whether they were influenced in, directly or indirectly. Uh, and, and I also thought of another movie that came out the same year overseas about flying, which was uh, Rules of the Game. Which was about, uh, and I, you've seen the Renoir. I have, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, it's it's about, well, really about Lindbergh crossing the Atlantic. So that's another story of, you know, another suspenseful story of of 
flying an aircraft, you know, with uh, immense danger. And uh, there was also a good movie about, or a decent movie about Lindbergh uh, with uh, Jimmy Stewart a couple dec- decades later. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty strong uh, as far as, and one thing I liked was the supporting characters. Yeah, yeah, they were great. Uh, the uh, you know the the actors uh, quite a bit. I, I yeah the the character that played Kilgarren, uh, I believe his name Cook Kilgarren. Um, <laughs> he was he was great. He just had that kind of piercing look to him. He just seemed you know tailor made uh, for this this role. And I it was uh, you know Rita Hayworth's first film. I understand it was great to see her on screen you know, really for for the first time. And uh, Cary mm-hmm. Grant is. You know, great as always. One of the things in the in the uh, well, he's not really a, the supporting character, but um, you know, uh, it does talk in the documentary about how they captured Hawks was able to capture kind of the dark side of Cary Grant. I I didn't really think about that. You know, really in watching this film, I just it, I wasn't uh, in tune with the darkness of it for some reason, Aaron. I guess you know, especially compared to other films of this era. But you know, thinking back on, it, I mean, yeah, it, it really captures a, a different Cary Grant, but, you know, still Cary Grant in, in this film. Yeah, I, I kind of thought the same thing. And mm-hmm. uh, and the, I, I wouldn't say darkness. Um, well, the, the darkness is that you're you're dealing with death, and, and it's how you deal or don't deal with death, yeah. and, or, you know, acknowledge or not acknowledge. I, I would say it's more of a hardness than mm-hmm. a darkness to me. I, I, I think he played a... Yeah, a, that's a better word. A, yeah, a, a very uh, more... Uh, uh, I don't want to say bulletproof, uh, but uh, impenetrable uh, character. Right. Um, with, hard, with his hard... moments, with his moments, you know, like the the moments where they would go through the their effects. You know, you would see the <laughs> kind of right. You wouldn't right. break down, but uh, you know, you would you know kind of see it getting to him. So yeah, and some you know some moments of of levity too. Uh, I loved the music number um, that was mm-hmm. you know they they got into there's not much music there's music we were talking before the podcast uh and uh you know but music over the credits and then there's the the one uh, music number that was really just great i i had one of the notes i had written was i i wish i'd seen more of gene arthur's uh, ability because she is a, a showman and I, I would have almost liked to see more, but we do get a really nice uh, music number, so you kind of get a, mm-hmm. you know, an eye into that. You get Cary Grant singing, sort of. <laughs> so, so, so you you took notes. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did here and there. Yeah, yeah. I, I I tried not to. Nice, I, nice. But uh, back to the supporting characters, I I, I really actually and I, I didn't catch the name. Did you mean uh, Bartholomew or not Bartholomew? Um, Yes, Bartholomus, Bartholomew, Bartholomew. Uh, McPherson. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, that that bat McPherson, the uh, the the kind of grizzled, the the one the, the the pilot who had let somebody or had uh, had committed an act of cowardice. Is yes. that who you're talking? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, he had two names. It was Kilgarn and uh, was his his original name, and then he changed his name to McPherson. But yeah, it's Bat McPherson. That's thank it. you, thank you. Okay, I, I was yeah. I was confused. Yeah, that that character was very very uh, good, and and also a good example of a hardened character. You know, somebody that's shamed. Right. That I, I really think this captures the American work ethic too, which was probably idealized at this time uh, of the war. Uh, you know the. The, the male eth- work ethic, the you know, through hail and the sleet, yeah. snow uh, and or clouds, uh, yeah. with or without radar coverage, or you know, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and it's also just, th- it's just scary. Yeah, scary with the you know all you have is that one lookout to, to watch yeah. to see how is the path open? Is it closed? Yeah, we take it for granted now. Um, yeah. And also the kid uh, with the the eyesight issue and um, yeah, he and was great. him him not being able to fly and and I I found it interesting in the supplements. I don't know if you picked up on this, but they hinted at a homosexual relationship with yeah. Did you did you capture? I didn't, you know. I, I it's me interesting neither. that they brought that up because I, to me, it was just a masculine relationship, and yeah, there's there's some uh, affinity, some affection there, but I didn't see it that way. But you know, maybe today you would. Me yeah. too. I, I saw it as a bromance, mm-hmm. uh, as, as an extreme bromance, um, but uh, you know, like a, a Paul Paul Rudd, Jason Segel kind of bromance. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but. It didn't. It didn't seem that kind of off-putting. I mean, they, they even talked about the way that Cary Grant dresses, you know, in that. Uh, but right, yeah, <laughs> no. I, I didn't pick up on that. I'm, I'm not not that I'd have any issues with uh, there being some flamboyant. I, I think uh, there are some other '30s films that uh, I do see some uh, homoerotic elements uh, that I'm not going to go into right now. But uh, <laughs> sure. but yeah, I, I didn't. I, actually, I captured the opposite. I, I thought it was an extremely masculine movie. Yeah, and and really captured that masculinity. And while we're there, how about the femininity? Femininity. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Rita Hayworth. Yeah. It's her, her breakout role, and she played, but she was a supporting character. Uh, however, it was a, a notable character. But uh, what what do you think of Jean Arthur? I liked her a lot. Uh, it's interesting the, the way that um, Hawks uses her because you know she's really our entry point into the story, and she's you know kind of on edge a little bit coming off the boat, but then, you know, really uh, opens up when she realizes that these people are Americans and she, you know, really starts to, she has a lot of different emotions, I guess, you know, trying to fit in, but also, um, you know, eventually taking with this, this group. Um, I, I understand Hawks had some, some trouble with her, uh, mm-hmm. as a, as an actress. And I, I can see that a little bit. I, I don't, she wasn't I quite up to, par with you know like Cary Grant or even you know Thomas Mitchell who played uh, Kid I think but I I thought she was a great really entry into this and you know it it kind of worked when she I wouldn't say disappeared but she kind of came in and out I thought that that worked uh, well for the film yeah she she appeared when she needed to um yeah uh, another character I like was Dutchie which just another one of the many uh peripheral characters yeah he's great I actually wasn't as fond of uh, Jean Arthur. I thought she was one of the weaker elements. Mm. Um, it just seemed that she was a little out of place in the film. Her uh, her tone was a little too upbeat, I thought, mm. at times. Uh, a little distant from reality. Uh, so, so, yeah, it, it, she didn't seem to... to meld with the the rest of the group. And, uh, you know, she she's not supposed to. She's the outsider. But I right. I still thought it was... I don't know. It, it, was, it did noticeable. take me out of... Mm. Yeah, and even then, um, then uh, Hayworth, who of course was a rookie or near near rookie, she'd been in a few things, but uh, this was her first. This was the biggest role of her career uh, at that point. Yeah, uh, and of, of course, I've seen Jean Arthur and other things, and she's been terrific. But so may, maybe that's you know, it's she kind of this didn't seem like a Jean Arthur type of movie because mm. this is a darker movie. You know, she's been in some Capra movies, and so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I like to. I mean, there. I could certainly see that. That's why I, you know was saying I I think she was one of the the weaker overall. But I I did think she worked. I I liked some of the scenes where you know she's uh, 
in uh, Cary Grant's room and kind of how that you know people keep coming into the the room talking about the the bromance <laughs> aspect right, of right. it. So you know she she kind of she kept pulling me in uh, where you know she'd go away for maybe just long enough and then she'd come back and <laughs> I liked when she she uh, she showed up again. But uh, yeah, lo- really good uh, really good cast overall. I yeah, it. no, and uh, maybe it's gonna be. I, I would just see her performance as more uh, like as if she's acting against Gary Cooper in Mr. Deeds or something, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I, maybe that's just that's just a minor quibble. <laughs> yeah, uh, she did have have her moments, but uh, yeah, I, I I like the film. I, I know some people really love this movie. Some people yeah. call it their great their favorite film of all time. Yeah, I, uh, I just found one uh, from this year uh, from I'm gonna forget the artist uh, the author's name from the AV Club. Uh, he said it's his his favorite film and was you know had written an article about it coming from Criterion. I mean, he put it up there with, um, of course, came out in the great 1939 year, possibly Hollywood's greatest, you know, with Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz, Wuthering Heights, Mr. Smith, I mentioned, Stagecoach, another, um, that was the, I mean, Thomas Mitchell uh, also being in Stagecoach, that was kind of my, you know, through line there. But uh, yeah, I I didn't realize how much love there, there was for this film before really reading that. I'm actually pulling up that AB Club article. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I, I'm certainly there with them. I, I was really taken by this, and I think even more so. Again, a little bit removed. I mean, one thing that I, I just loved the airplane effects, and you know, sometimes not knowing if it was, you know, someone in a plane, it, it seemed kind of handheld, or the uh, the model work. And there's again some on the supplements, but I just love the. Um, the model work in this, I was reminded of um, being a big, you know, old, you know, old school Star Wars fan, and how you know they used a lot of models uh, in in those films. And of course, we have a Star Wars connection in uh, Ben Burt in the supplements. He's the mm-hmm. sound designer on Star Wars, kind of talking about the movies. So that was you know really nice to kind of see the the behind the scenes and it, it's really it's really well done even though i think you there are scenes where you know it's a model especially some of the landing scenes it's you can tell the the work is really well done and there, there's even a scene aaron where uh, a plane is taking off and i i half expected the rain to come onto the camera just like a in a 3d movie or something like that it was just so um you know the camera was right there and i was just so in the moment of this plane uh you know taking off and the, it being wet and rainy and i was just mm-hmm. you know <laughs> expecting to see water on the camera but old hollywood didn't quite go there yeah but the effects were, really were uh, something and uh, mm-hmm. i know there was a little youtube that um that criterion did with the effects and i, I think that was uh, there was a lot in the uh, supplement should we go ahead and rate it and get to the supplements you think sure yeah yeah been bringing them up a little bit so uh, what's what's your rating here what do you think I, I gave it an eight nice which is I, I think it's very very strong yeah. again as you mentioned it's a very strong year uh, in fact I also saw uh, drums along the Mohawk it was one of my uh, short takes recently mm-hmm. uh, this is better than that although that was a good movie I, I think yeah, it's one of the stronger ones, and I think when I get to my thirty-nine list, it'll probably be up there, Pretty maybe top there. ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, of course, I, I wouldn't put it up against like Rules of the Game, but it's uh, it's up there. Nice. Uh, what, what about yeah. you? I, I'm going to go eight too. I, it's funny. I was I was thinking about this just earlier, and I was originally thinking like seven, but then you know I I read the article and I I just thought about 
um, again, the just the the uh, the special effects. I kept coming back to the uh, story of masculinity, and it's definitely an eight film for me. I could even go mm-hmm. higher. I, I might eventually, you know, place this higher, like a, a nine. But you know, I, I I loved how this was a kind of small. It felt, although we get the airplanes, it felt like a small location film. And I was thinking of. Uh, Casablanca, and of course I, <laughs> that comes up that with, too, in yeah. the supplements again. You know, it's just <laughs> mm-hmm. this kind of uh, you know this town that you'll you'll never go to. And it was funny to I, I just felt some synergy with the supplements when they brought that up as a as a possibility. So yeah, it's it's an eight film. It's certainly one if you haven't checked it out, it's well worth seeing and owning a, a nice transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was a blind spot for me. I had not seen it, so I and a lot of people have raved about it over the years. So I was really excited. To see it, it could grow on me over the years. One thing, it's a very dark picture, and I, mm. I don't mean dark content-wise, but just uh, visually-wise. You know, yeah. there's there there's a lot of night scenes uh, at this little uh, baraka. Was it? I, I I might have that wrong. Baranka, I think. Baranka, th- yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah, a lot of outdoor night scenes. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it definitely has a, a feel, a look and feel that's uh, that's unique for for classic Hollywood. So um, so yeah. Yeah, big, unique, big unique film. That's definitely a good good way to think of it. It just it's it wasn't quite what I expected. You know, hearing about the you know the the airplane effects and just a, a good story. It, you know, it doesn't. I I would say like a reason maybe I wouldn't give it a nine or ten is it does seem to have a few little plot contrivances here mm-hmm. or there. Um, some of them, you know, like with the gun. I mean, maybe that was good. Maybe it wasn't. Um, you know, it, it, I, I could I could kind of explain it away either way. But, uh, yeah, it's a very solid uh, eight uh, Hollywood film for sure. Yeah, a, a little bit. And, and not not to harp on Gene Arthur, but uh, the romantic uh, yeah. element was a little tough to tough to uh, believe, uh, given the, the circumstances. But uh, in the time frame. But you know that's it was Hollywood <laughs> was a Hollywood film uh, yeah. so and, and it was a Hawks film you know Hawks did not shy away from having romance so right all right supplements uh, there weren't many uh, I know we really only like three four and one of yeah. them which was a, a radio ad- adaptation so uh, which was your favorite well originally I really I, I probably would still say I like the David Thompson on Only Angels Have Wings because again I just love. The visual essays, which this isn't, this is an interview, but I kind of thought about that, where I just got the most out of it, I think, the most information, the most look into Howard Hawks, who I've seen a number of his films, but I I didn't know him as well as I wanted to, and so I got that really nice view into him, the way he, um, some of the things I talked about, you know, the darkness of Grandy got into, the male friendship being important into his in his films, and how, you know, you mentioned the just before World War II, and Hawks coming from World War One, understanding kind of that that male code, so I, I liked that one certainly the best. The other ones, I, I think it's solid supplements, though they are light. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd almost want to go with the Howard Hawks and his aviation movies because I, I like the, um, you know, just the behind the scenes and the uh, you know, looking at how the special effects and the miniatures were created. But yeah, I'll say David Thompson interview, <laughs> still my favorite. I like you? that. I'm going with the aviation movies, uh, which nice. it, it was. It had the special effects, but also the history of aviation f- films, yeah. and it also kind of put the film in in, in its time. You know, I, I can't say that I. Was, oh, I definitely wasn't alive in 1939, but I, I can't really fathom what the uh, the early aerial experience was like. Oh, sure. And 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 th- then making the comparison of uh, you know p- 
people then seeing planes fly in the air, these planes fly in the air would be like us seeing a Boeing 707 fly in the air and, uh, you know, maybe crash. And of course, you know, we hear about air crashes, you know, not all the time, but, you know, they're big news when they, when we do. Yeah. And it's scary, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's, and and I did like hear you know hearing the history how this was one of the first aerial films you know the sound effects and how uh, and uh, by the way this lost the uh, special effects author uh, author this lost the uh, special effects Oscar to some movie called The Rains Came which I haven't heard about hmm, I, I haven't maybe either. it's maybe it's worthy but it's hard to imagine that I, I haven't seen a lot of classic Hollywood uh, at least from the 30s movies with better special effects. Yeah, agreed. But no, I I enjoyed and and really the latter part of that that feature was about the special effects and about the model airplanes and uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was fascinating. Uh, Twenty minutes just flew by, uh, but oh, I, yeah. I did like I liked the Thompson piece too. Uh, I, I didn't l- watch the adaptation, the radio or watch listen, um, and I, I kind of listened to the uh, Hawks interview with uh, Bogdanovich in the background, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, the interview was pretty good. Um, you know, not some nice nuggets in there and just interesting uh, with Bogdanovich trying to understand his <laughs> process a bit. And the, the adaptation, I did kind of, I did the same as you. I put it in the background. It's, you know, interesting for what it was, a good little way to kind of revisit the film a bit, although it is shorter. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I thought, it, you know, pretty solid though. I mean, like you said, it's it not a lot of supplements. There's no commentary, but there is, you know, two brand new Criterion uh, supplements in the Thompson interview and uh, the avi- you know Howard Hawks and his aviation movies and I, I thought they're pretty well done even you know and even the radio ad adaptation not something I'd need to go back to but it's something that belongs there uh, for sure mm-hmm. on the disc so yeah yeah I, they're neat uh, again I, I've said this before but I wish you could take these with you I wish you could put them in your on your phone and listen in the car or something I it's tougher to what put them on a TV and just yeah. kind of you know, do the dishes or something. Yeah, we need that digital copy, uh, don't we? Yeah, so. yeah, maybe Filmstruck. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Criterion reading? Um, well, okay. So, you know, with the, the supplements being a little bit slighter, I would, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to go seven. I'll go seven and a half, a little lower than the film rating, but uh, overall seven and a half Criterion. How about you? I'm actually, I, I, I'm with you with the, 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 uh, the skimpy supplements. Uh, skimpy's not a fair word. <laughs> uh, the light supplements. Uh, sure. Not not very many. I think it was maybe an hour, hour and a half's worth if you count the uh, the radio play and the interview. But uh, I, I think they were they were quality. So I, I'm going to keep my rating at, at an eight. Nice. So, but I guess we have to round. I'll round down. Seven five is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We're we're right there. So and uh, any and is this thing canon worthy? Not yet. It's one that maybe, maybe down the road, maybe yeah. with time, uh, you know, maybe with a little more reading, maybe, but not, not quite yet. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it could be a grower. <laughs> it's interesting. It was a first time watch for, for both of us, and uh, has the potential to get there. So, but if yeah. we get to more Howard Hawks, I, I'm sure we'd find a lot of places in the canon for his work. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> nice. Well, that's a. Oh. Uh, only angels have wings, and uh, yeah, this is Criterion close-up. Uh, I just mentioned Aaron, where uh, our next show we did mention it earlier, but we will be talking about the Manchurian Candidate, and but a but a week or so, the show will probably come up a come out a, 
about a week after this one does. So we'll look forward to that upcoming. Yeah, roughly, uh, give or take. <laughs> Somewhere around there. Somewhere around, yeah. Um, and then we'll have a, an interview coming up around the corner. And, and then, then we'll take a break. I yeah, forgot. That's we have it. an interview before the break. That's uh, it. Yeah. And so. so, yeah, shall we fly this plane? Uh, well, we don't... Don't want to fly it into the ground, so let, let's fly it uh, around uh, a valley and land safely on a <laughs> yes. uh, on a cliff next to a cliff. We we could go way above the clouds and just see how how high we can go, and then just go on a tailspin if it you know if we lose our, our bearings. But uh, Mark, Mark, get control of this. We flew too high. <laughs> uh, I you know I you know how I'm going to get control, Aaron. I'm going to ask for some iTunes reviews because we could certainly use some. We haven't had any for uh, we had a couple last month. But but uh, we we need some iTunes reviews, so folks uh, definitely give us a rating. Uh, it always helps out the show. Would love to hear your thoughts on the show. So yes, and feedback, tweet us. Uh, even if we're not giving something away, feel free to let us know what you thought of the show. And uh, you know, if you agree, disagree. I know a lot of people love Only Angels Have Wings and might yeah. take me to task for Gene Arthur. <laughs> uh, be nice. <laughs> That's all we ask. Yep. Uh, yeah. But uh, and uh, if you want to give your own feedback, uh, we'd love to hear it. Uh, also, feedback at criterioncloseup.com. Yeah. Uh, t- Twitter is CriterionCU. So yeah, and, and Facebook Criterion Close Up. Yep, yep. You'll find us there too. And I, uh, Aaron, where do folks find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me AOS505, and you can find me at Letterbox. My initials are DSNT, and your mind will be blown. You'll be like. Where does this guy find all the time? That's <laughs> what happens when he gets sick. Yeah. And uh, you can find me, Mark Herney, H-U-R-N-E, at M-H-U-R-N-E on Twitter and Letterboxd. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening to Criterion Close-Up. We'll talk to you soon.